Hey folks, Brian here. Today's episode of the Bearded Nerd Podcast is going to be about downtime activities in your Dungeons & Dragons world. Now, what do I mean by downtime activities? Well, according to Chapter 6 of the Dungeon Master's Guide titled, quote, Between Adventures, downtime activities describe are, at, are described rather as the movements between the exploration of the world, the plundering of dungeons, and the natural gallivanting that the party will partake in. These activities allow players to spend their treasure and pursue their personal goals, allowing them to have personal investment into the world. So basically, Downtime activities are the activities that are done in between the main adventure of the campaign. These are activities that allow you to build your character up a little bit more, allow you to invest in the world even more, and combine the personal beliefs, the personal ideologies, and goals of the players to be woven into the world. Now, what do all these activities include? Personally, I think that there are infinite amount of downtime activities because there are infinite amount of people that are going to be playing Dungeons and Dragons. We just don't know how many people are gonna ever play Dungeons and Dragons, so we just chalk it up to, well, there's nth amount of people that are gonna play. So with that logic, I think that there are nth amount of you know side interest side quests downtime activities whatever you want to call it that can be done but the most popular ones in my opinion are going to be the ones that encourage players to become more invested in the campaign those could be things like building a stronghold or running a business now i have a lot more examples such as you know crafting magic items training in a specific art, whether it's a martial art, whether it's a fighting style, maybe it's magic, uh, whether druid or, you know, clerical, either one of those things can be downtime activities. It could also be something as easy as practicing a profession, maybe recuperating or researching the the next bad guy that you're going to be fighting or perhaps you know you're researching this new magical item that the villain is using that's part of downtime activities um it could also be something as subtle as saying you want to sow rumors into the town that you're in that is considered a downtime activity because it's something that's building the world and allows your players to invest in the world With all that being said, you might question to yourself, why are these important? Why are downtime activities important to me as a dungeon master, a game master, or even as a player? Why are these important? Well, let me tell you the benefits that I have seen in my own game when I've run D&D games and when I've been a player. So first and foremost, it allows me to be a part of the campaign. It allows me to be fully invested in the campaign and be almost baptized into this world. It gives me personal stake. So it allows me as the player to say, okay, this is pretty cool. 
but I'm now going to be invested by doing this thing that allows me to, you know, be recognized by the world, be and take notice. It also allows for the campaign to stretch over a longer period of time. So this is going to be to the benefit of both player and game master. If the campaign is longer, then you have more time to be playing with friends and and to have more adventures. But in this specific case, it gives the dungeon master or the game master the ability to take breaks from planning certain things. Perhaps as a player, you can be encouraged and empowered to say, well, I want to develop my character a little bit more, so I really want to pursue these things. And as a good game master, as a good uh, dungeon master, they're going to want that. They're going to want to be able to provide you with the greatest experience. So they're going to help build you up. And that gives you the ability to play longer, to really fully, you know, uh, flesh out this character that you've been so invested in. And therefore, it's going to make you play for a longer time. When you add a couple of more players to this, that allows you to have a bigger and better um, aspect to the game. Now, in addition to that, it does help with level progression and it helps and it prevents really um, players from gaining too much power too quickly. So again, with the longer period of time in the regards of campaigning, you're able to kind of stretch out level progression. Um, One last thing that I really think um, is kind of the benefit to um, downtime activities is that it allows you as a player or as a DM to role play and interact with the world in a way that can be woven into the main story. So for instance, the main story, the main campaign can be one thing, but by you having downtime activities, you can kind of have this offshoot of adventure where you can leave the main campaign, do these offshoot adventures and role play something different. I really like those opportunities of role play because it just gives your mind a break. You know, if, if you've been playing for as long as I've been playing, and even if you haven't been, role playing can be a little bit of a, um, it could be a little bit of a struggle, not in a negative way. It could be a struggle in the sense that, man, I got to be in this character for so long and it comes natural or it doesn't, but that's a lot. And I get to now role play in this other thing that that's pretty cool. So for example, I, you know, one of the campaigns I played in, we were, um, pirates essentially. We essentially did a lot of pirating and smuggling, but there were times when we had these downtime activities where we could just be silly and not be as serious of a pirate. You know, we could, we could just do whatever we wanted. So that kind of gave us a mental break from the campaign. With all that being said, how do you inject downtime activities into your game? That's a big question that I've received um, via Instagram and via, um, you know, DMs, Facebook, all that good stuff. I've gotten that question a lot. Personally, 
I kind of build it in a couple of ways. I like to have one-on-one conversations and sessions with my players. So this could be like a group chat or a live session or an email conversation. And basically those quote-unquote solo sessions is essentially essentially, um, a one-on-one between you as a player or a DM. um, And it allows you as the player and DM to converse freely about what the player, what the character wants to do and what they want to do as as players, as, again, characters. So if they want to, you know, be the paladin of truth and light, then they can do that and you can have that conversation. It gives your DM a bit of, ex, uh, of um, insight into what you're wanting to do as a player. You know, sometimes we as, um, as players who are a little bit more experienced, we take up the spotlight, which is totally okay, but we take up the spotlight just because we know what to expect and we know what we want to expect. Um, and it doesn't allow some of the other players to speak their mind. So in this situation, when you have those one-on-one sessions um, between DM and player, it gives that player who maybe doesn't get a lot of spotlight to talk about what they want to do and to be able to kind of confront them in that positive uh, environment. So that's one way to do it. You can also organize kind of like time for one-on-one sessions, maybe before you play or via email. Again, it's really going to be whatever works for you. Everything is going to, it has, well, everything really has to be organic. What do I mean by organic? I mean, it has to just be natural. So if you feel that your players would benefit from one-on-one downtime experience, go for it. If you feel that um, your players would benefit from, you know, let's say, email conversation as opposed to a one-on-one live session, go for it. You have to really do um, what's going to be good for your players, really, what's going to be good for your party. And perhaps they just want to do downtime activities as part of the live session. That's totally okay, too. It doesn't matter as long as you're doing whatever your party and vice versa, right? You know, as players, we have to be uh, sensitive to the DM's time. If the DM doesn't have time and they're saying, hey, this works better for me, try to compensate, try to, you know, negotiate a term of saying, okay, you know what? This works for for the, for the DM, for the GM, this works for them. Let's try to, you know, kind of compromise in that regard. With all that being said, and I know I say that often. I know I say that term a lot. So I apologize to everyone um, for, for that. But, you know, I really am passionate about this. And I really have a lot to say about this. Because, again, with all that being said, you have to think of how long does it take your party to perform these downtime activities? Does it consist of days, weeks, months, years? How do you scale that? I would personally scale it according to their level and their team. Well, excuse me, their tier, excuse me. Um, If they're tier one or tier two, then maybe stick with days and weeks. Remember, tier one is levels one through five. Tier two, it's that level six through 10. So basically tier one and two gets you from level one to level 10. 
So I would probably stick with days and weeks just because, again, it just makes it a little bit easier. It's a little bit more realistic when you're talking about tier one players that perhaps they're crafting a magic item and it takes them, you know, uh, a couple of weeks, perhaps, you know, even three weeks as opposed to a tier two, you know, let's say like a level nine wizard, maybe it's going to take them two weeks, a week to two weeks to craft a simple magic item. And again, it just depends on the magic item and it depends on the downtime activity for, you know, tier three and tier four, again, following the same criteria, level 11 to level 20, think about months and years because at that level, they are receive they are receiving more work, so to speak. They're doing more things in the world, and at that level, you're scaling it appropriately. So, think about that next time you you're considering downtime activities of how long it would take. So, it you know certain things. You can bend the rule as, a, as the DM or the GM. You can bend those rules. But again, consider those things when you're thinking about downtime activities. Now, at the end of the day, these are supposed to be building the character. It's an opportunity for the PC to grow and interact with the world that the Game Master is producing. So it's supposed to be something where you can dive deeper and really experience the world on a whole new level. So there's really no wrong ways of exploring downtime activities. But my recommendation is to first talk to your players, see what they think about it, see what they want from it, and then set up those one-on-one sessions. Set up a group chat via text, email, Discord, whatever you prefer. Set up a group chat and think about hey, you know what, maybe it would be best if we, you know, meet this way and consider downtime activities in that way. And from there, calculate, not mathematically or numbers or anything, I'm using calculate what the players want to get out of this and calculate, okay, how much time should I devote to this? Because that's a really big thing. If you're willing to dedicate a lot of time outside of your sessions to downtime activities, be my guest. But if you're like me, where time is short, personally, I would rather work efficiently. And that's something my players agree with as well. We all work together and we want to make sure that our time is being, is, you know, efficiently done and efficiently run. So we want D&D sessions to kind of have a little bit of everything. So for us, This is actually a great time to show the example. For us, what we do, and again, I'm the dungeon master of our gaming group. So we've set up a group chat via text to kind of talk about what we think, you know, not only as players, but it's kind of our hangout space. Um, But we have an email chain where we talk to each other about what our characters want to do, what we... um, want to pursue and in the session is when I tell them the results of their downtime activities so what I will do for instance is when the players come back to the party or when the party rather comes back to the table 
basically I say, okay, Vlad, Vlad, by the way, is our warlock. Vlad, you've been reading this tome and you have gone through about three chapters of research and now this is the, the end result. And then that's when I give them, you know, whatever little thing is associated to that. So in this case, they are kind of working towards becoming a necromancer. So they're reading a tome of necromancy. Again, very secret from the party, unless the party actually hears this podcast, but very secret from the party. And that now is going to help in the desires of Vlad. Vlad now is going to say, okay, now I'm learning how to become a necromancer. And now I need to, you know, kind of shape my spells to be a little bit more necromantic, you know, necromantic, so to speak, and, and go from there. So all that was done via email. You know, we had some conversations over lunch and over text, just kind of talking, kind of shooting the breeze about it. And just me kind of interviewing and having that one-on-one session with with my player. Very informal, very nonchalant. And, you know, that's a great example for me. That gives me insight as to, okay, later in the future, I'm gonna build activities and adventures around their desires. Currently, we're pursuing our Dragonborn Paladin's um, personal quest of trying to find where, and, and Taiko is the name of the Paladin, Taiko's sister, we're trying to find out where she is and if she's been involved in some type of organized crime. So, you know, the ability to dive into downtime activities has given us the chance to explore our characters more in depth and to have more, have an extended period of time of gameplay. Because again, my players can go in and out of the adventures of the main quote unquote uh, campaign whenever they want. Again, this is a collaborative storytelling game. So Dungeons and Dragons is going to be, you know, have it's going to be filled with these type of adventures and these type of downtime activities. So that's my take on downtime activities. You know, if I were to sum this up as a thesis statement, I would really say that downtime activities work hand in hand with the gameplay of Dungeons and Dragons. It should, you know, your main campaign and downtime activity should go hand in hand. It should be something that it's interchangeable where the players, all that they're seeing and noticing is that, okay, we're having these fun adventures. We have this goal, but my character has this goal and we're all meeting the goals simultaneously. It's a good balance. Obviously this is, it's, you know, easier said than done. But one thing I will say is that as long as you keep the player's intentions in mind, downtime activities allows you and facilitates the ability to pursue their requests, pursue their needs, pursue the player's development, but you're also gonna have a better time writing adventures that the players and yourself are going to enjoy. It's really a win-win. So that's it for today's episode. I really appreciate, I thank you all for listening and for supporting me. If you do like these episodes and this style of podcast, feel free to support by sharing, subscribing to the podcast. 
I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Um, be sure to subscribe to that, to like everything you can. Um, and again, until next time, y'all, keep gaming. <laughs>